Welcome to Prayer Huddle, a community that seeks to host God, influence lives, and revive hearts. The message you're about to listen to is a word in season to make your spirit soar like that of the eagle. Thank you for listening and stay blessed. Now, tonight, um, I'm going to be talking about something that when the Holy Spirit began to pour into my heart, I had to stand, uh, you know, in awe of the words that were coming because I had to capture everything that the Lord wanted me to, to internalize and also deliver tonight. And some of the things you're going to be hearing tonight, they are actually fresh from the throne of God, some of which, of course, is a cumulative revelation that the Lord has worked within me for years. Tonight, I'm talking about passion, zeal, the holy fire that God puts in any man or woman who will fulfill purpose and destiny. And we're going to be looking at how passion, when your passion connects with the purpose when your passion rightly connects with your purpose in God, your divine destiny, the predetermined intention of heaven over your life, when you match this zeal of God, this passion, and it is well sync, synchronized with the intentions of God, you come into such an alignment that brings about grace potentiation in your lives. And that is what we're looking at tonight. I want you to come with me um, to the scriptures, uh, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six and seven. I began to study and I found out some amazing things about passion, zeal, the holy fire that we're talking about. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six to seven. Uh, just follow me tonight. Uh, the Lord has a lot he wants to say. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. To the intent that this is the purpose why he is going to be manifesting. This is the intent why this child is born, this son is given, and the revelation of who he is in this majestic dimension as wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The reason is this, look at that. It says of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, that is his purpose, that is his divine mandate, to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth and even forever. Now he says this, this is how it will come to pass. He says the zeal, amen, of the Lord of hosts will perform it. <laughs> the heavenly mandate in the life of Jesus as prophetically captured by Isaiah 
will be fulfilled, will be fulfilled, will be executed by one means, the zeal, the passion of the Lord of hosts. Okay, this is important. What we're talking about is really, really important. And you know, when I was praying for this meeting, the Lord began to show me that he would not only instill this passion and this zeal, but some things will happen tonight. God would also correct. God will cause correct. You know, the passion, God will reconfigure the zeal and passion in the heart of men for their purpose tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. He says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it, will execute it. So it seems to me here that even though Jesus has this glorious destiny and a heavenly mandate, like we read, it still takes the functional zeal, the functional passion, what you call passion of the Lord of hosts to make it happen. Now I'm going somewhere. The zeal we're talking about, in fact, most people think of passion in human terms. Anytime we talk about passion, you talk about an athlete that is determined. You talk about energy in human form. You talk about drive. You talk about being motivated. But passion is deeper than that. Passion, in fact, is an attribute of God himself. Passion is an attribute of God. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he began to teach us. He said, let this man be in you, which was in Christ. Let the same mindset, the same attribute, the same intent, the same purpose that was in Jesus be in you. What was the mind? Most times when we read that scripture, we know that it's actually talking about the demonstration of the humility of Christ. But beyond that, there was a lot more. The Bible says, for he taught not it to be robbery, to be equal with God, but yet he humbled himself, being found in a form, though he were a God, being found, he found himself in a form, he took a form of a servant. Let's read Philippians Chapter 2, verse 5. Philippians 2, 5. It says, he took on himself, who being in the form of God, Philippians 2, 5 and 6, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him a form of servant, and was made in the likeness of man, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. But beyond that, I want you to understand that what made Jesus, from what we're seeing, what made God, you know, manifest himself, Jesus come this far, was passion for souls, passion for human lives, passion for you and I, passion to see us saved, redeemed, delivered from the power of darkness, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Now that passion is what actually drove him that far to take the form of a servant, to come in human form. And not only that, to walk on this earth and die gruesome death on the cross. That mission of Jesus Christ to bring salvation to the world only could take place 
by the passion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts. Tonight, I, I want to pray for you because when I was praying for this meeting, God began to show me prophetically a lot of destinies that has been misaligned. God began to show me intents, things that heaven has planned for the earth. Men and women with glorious destinies that carry tremendous grace in their lives. But right now, if you look at them in the topography of life and locate them in the geography of human existence, God is looking down from heaven and almost weeping in his heart. That why are these destinies misaligned from the heavenly purpose? Why? Because what we're talking about is either they, they lack the passion to pursue this God-given destiny or the enemy has corrupted the passion in their lives and they become misdirected. But tonight, I want you to listen to me, you know, as one speaking with the mouth of God because God wants to bring restoration into every destiny. God wants everyone to begin to maximize that grace of God. And God wants to address one salient thing in your life, in my life, that you would, you would not even know that that is responsible. That is the great grace potentiator or grace decimator. And it is the passion. What passion do you carry in your soul? What passion is in your heart? Jesus Christ was so passionate. When we talk about passion, we can define it as, like, the I love the Bible word zeal. Zeal or fervency in the spirit. In, in Romans, Romans, you know, 12, it says, now be not slothful, Romans 12, 11, say, be not slothful, but be fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. That means show zeal in the spirit. Now, I want you to understand that passion is, is something that happens to men and is something that men carries. In Psalms chapter 69, verse 8 to 9, David, a prototype of Jesus, began to explain something about his own life, which was also a reflection of the life of Christ. In, in Psalm chapter 69, we see here, he says in Psalm 69, David was began to describe his life. He said, I am become a stranger. I have become, I'm literally changed. I'm different. I've become a stranger to my, my brethren and somewhat an alien to my mother's children. He said, why? He said, because for the zeal of your house, as eating me up. Now, this is David. He says, I, I become a, a totally changed man. I become somebody different. I become transformed. Why? He said, because the zeal of God's house, the passion for God, the passion for his word, the passion for the things of the spirit, the passion to pursue my goal in life, has made me an outlier. I look like an outlier. I'm different. You know, I just, when I was reading this, I remember when I was coming up, 
you know, as a, as a young person, young Christian. A lot of my friends thought I was weird. I remember one of them told me, he said, he looked at me, he said, you are always serious. You always do see, he, he, he won't, you know, what we were just walking and he just stopped. He said, all I've observed you on this campus. You, you look like you are on a mission somewhere. I said, I am on a mission. I smiled and I told him, I am truly on a mission. You know, what? that was the same thing with high school, the same thing with college. Even at work, there's something that makes you different. There's something that makes you unique as a person. And David was describing it. He says, it is called passion, the zeal of God's house. I pray that you will not be an empty vessel. I pray that you will be a vessel that is loaded with passion. There's, there's a fire inside you. There is something that is making you restless for God. It's, it's, it's giving you momentum for God. It's, 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 the, it's, navig it's the navigating center of your life. I'm praying that something will happen. Somebody hearing me today, who is feeling a sense of disorientation about life? You just feel like, okay, I've done this, I've done that, I'm married, I've gotten all these degrees, and then what next? You just feel flat. I am speaking to you prophetically. There is a visitation from heaven. God is revisiting the passion he has invested in your soul. The Lord began to, to, to tell me that, the, the Spirit of God began to show me that passion is beyond what we experience in our emotional configuration. Passion is a spiritual investment. Passion is not just a feeling. It's not just a desire. Okay? Desires are actually tools for this passion I'm talking about. The Bible says, David began to say, I, 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 even the reproaches of them that are reproached were falling on me. Now, what David was saying is, my life did not look like the norm. My life did not look like the admirable. It changes them. I was reading about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, <laughs> the prophet, was, he, he, it, it sounds like a lamentation. You know, Jeremiah actually authored the book of lamentation. But he was he, he was reflecting within himself about his destiny, about his ministry, his calling, his assignment in life. And he was he was looking at the things he's been through, the hostility people had shown to him, the indifference people had shown to him. And Jeremiah began to contemplate that, wait a minute, am I am I overdoing this? Am I Am I just being overzealous? Am I, am I, an, am I just an outlier, an outlier for nothing? And he began to say in Jeremiah, let me show you Jeremiah chapter twenty. He says, "When I saw the way people were hostile towards my life, towards my disposition, because of the passion that I carry, because of the fire within me," he says, "For this reason, I said to myself, Lord, you have made me a reproach." Jeremiah 20, verse 8, you made me a reproach because of the word of the Lord. And in fact, every day I have I've been insulted all day long. In verse 9, he now said, then I said, 
I will not even make mention of you at all. I won't preach God anymore. I won't do all these things that I'm doing. I'm just going to stop it. And he said, I would not speak in his name anymore. He said, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire that shot up in my bones. What a description of passion. What, what a description of what passion does to a person. It says, but this is how I feel on the outside. In fact, I, I feel like this is what I should do in the flesh. But when I look at the reality of what was going on in my spirit, I could not. Because God's word was shut up. That means, you know, when, when something is like a cannonball, that is waiting to be unleashed. He said, God's word, like a cannonball, was, was boiling, burning within my soul, ready to be expressed. That is passion. He said, I could not. He said, I was weary for forbearing. I could not say. That means I could not accept the status quo. The reason why a lot of Christians are not seeing God's grace maximized or optimized in their life. Uh, last week, we were looking at your positioning, how you're positioned relative to the will of God. And, 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 and the, the speaker began to explain that the way, you, the way God sees where you are is from the lens of his will. How close and how far are you to it? Now, men of passion, Men who are burning with this flame in their heart, they are constantly gunning towards the will of God. Their ultimate goal, their ultimate aspiration and motivation, if they pursue a higher degree, if they pursue a master's degree, if they pursue the PhD, what is uttermost in their heart is not for accolades, it's not to be a professor, no. What is utmost in their heart is they want to align further with the will of God. What is, where is your passion taking you today? Where is your passion taking you in God? And, and I want us to go through this self-reflection. As we go through this word, I, I'm going to take my time. And if I don't finish, I will continue next week. The Lord began to show me that passion can make men wonder to, to their world. Passion can, what passion can do to a man or woman, he makes you a wonder to men. Men begin to wonder, why is your life different? Why, 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 why is your configuration unique? That's what passion does. But it makes you an asset to the almighty God. You might be a wonder to men. You might be something that men are trying to investigate, like well, maybe money is your problem. Okay, let's give you money. Maybe you want to go to America. Okay, 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 this is, now you're in America. Oh, oh maybe it's because, oh yeah, all this, all this zeal, zeal, is because you're not married yet. By the time you're married, you, you just kind of take a Kool-Aid. Now you're married. What is your passion about? Where is your passion for God taking you to? 
Tonight, I'm going through this self-reflection, and I want to pray for people. I'm going to start this prayer in two parts. It's going to be prophetic. First of all, we're going to be commanding the healing of God in the souls of people. God began to show me that there are deep things in the heart of men. The Bible says, deep call it unto the deep at the sounds of the water sprout. When you see a human being, okay, a, a human being, a person, is more than just their physical configuration. There is a lot of fight. There's a lot of struggle. There's a wrestling that goes on in the heart of every man where they're they wrestling. Their will is constantly engaging with the will of God. And they are, they are measuring the things going on in their heart with their outcomes on the outside. Whether people judge them as successful, whether people judge them as doing well, and this constant struggle is going on. It seems like they go out, they look at their peers, they see things happening, and then they take that battle into the internal wrestling ring of their soul with God. And, and that struggle continues, just like Jacob. He had that struggle you know, within himself, he wanted to be blessed, but he's not the first son. And then he didn't have the potentials of Esau. And then this is his mom scheming, scheming for him to get a blessing. Now he's got the blessing. He's now a runaway. Okay, he's got a blessing. His brother wants to kill him. And then he travels far away. And then he encounters God. And God said, I will keep you, I'll, you know, I'll do this. But he knows that there's, there is something not well aligned in his destiny. And he carried that struggle, that wrestle for many years. He carried it into his marriage. He carried it into raising his children. That same struggle translated into his family. And then he, at some point, he, he knew something was out of place. God said, go back to Bethel. He came to Bethel. He said, God, this thing must end. I must come to a point where my drive, my passion about life has to align with God's purpose, God's will. And at Jabok, where he met God, his destiny was put back in place. I don't know who you are right now. You're hearing me. Maybe you're hearing me for the first time. And something seems to be out of place in your destiny. Something seems to be out of place in disjointed. God Almighty is bringing alignment into your life. Whatever has damaged that passion, you know, damaged that thing that was, was pristine in your soul. God had implanted it from heaven, but somehow the events in how you were raised, the environment you were raised, things that are happening in your life, it has, it has shipwrecked that passion and made it misaligned. God is bringing alignment in your life today in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, John chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible began to say, it says uh, in John chapter 1 verse 17, Jesus was talking there. Let's read John 1 verse 17. Let me show you something really quick. John chapter 1, I'm sorry, John chapter, John chapter 2 verse 17. John chapter 2 verse 17. The disciples of Jesus observed Jesus, you know, and, and, and when they saw the way Jesus went into the temple and he drove away all those that were buying and selling and, you know, doing all kinds of merchandise in the house of God. And the Bible says that 
Jesus' heart was so moved. There was, there was a connection, internal connection with what was going on externally. And he, Jesus began to assess and judge everything from, you know, the mandate that he carried. He was, he, he, you know, what, what, what was his purpose? And, and he, 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 he took action. What did he do? The Bible says he chased them out. He drove them out. And he did it with so much zeal that the disciples remember this is what was written concerning him in verse 17, that the zeal of the house of God has eaten him up. What is eating you up today? And I, I just want to take this further before we, we, we close tonight, that God's intention for every man coming to this world is to fulfill purpose, but how is to be a burning flame to the world. In John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Jesus Christ is the true light, this same Jesus. The Bible says, let this mind be in you as it was in Christ. So he's our model of passion. Passion being an attribute of God himself. He says, let this mind be in you. Let's be like Christ. Let's follow in his steps. And he says, this is the true light that lighted, that ignites, that sparks up. The, the light, the path of every man that comes to the world. So when you encounter Christ, when you come into Jesus, there is an ignition. There is, there is a fire that is sparked within your spirit, sparked within your soul, so that you can begin to go after God's will, heavenly mandate for your life. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 7, I'm going to talk about the three prototypes and then I would pray for us the first prophetic prayer, which is God to visit our passion tonight. I want maybe right now your you what you when, when I was talking about passion, your mind just went to sports, the things you love to do, travel, and all that. Those things they are still rudimentary. They are, I'm talking about the passion that will wake you up beyond your current age, beyond your current limitation, beyond where you are right now. And you say, what yet, what still remains for me to do to fulfill or begin to fulfill the purpose of God in my life? Praise the Lord. So in Matthew chapter 11, verse 7, we're going to see the three prototypes of people that comes to this world. The three prototypes. God, Jesus was asking his disciples a powerful question and also open to John chapter 35, uh, just by the side, John chapter, John chapter 5, verse 35. John 5, 35, uh, put one hand there. I'm going to come there in a minute and then we're going to start praying. Now, Matthew chapter 11, verse uh, 7. It says in Matthew 11, verse 7, and as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. Now, John is, is, is a prototype that I want you to see tonight because he's a prophetic prototype as the kind of people that God wants to raise in the end time. John is an executor, okay? And he's an executor with precision, um, Balade was talking about precision last Sunday. And he said, because it's in the character and integrity of God 
you know, to, to be precise. Uh, not because he's just the God of laws, but he's just the God that he exalts his word above all his names, above all his manifestations. God's word, which is a body of principles or evidence of all his principles that are eternally tested, proven, you know, God works by, by precision. And you see that precision in the life of John. And I want you to know that John is a prototype of the prophetic generation God is raising, who will do exactly the same thing John did with his life, which is prepare the way, make a highway for the manifestation of God's glory in this end time. Now, the Bible says Jesus asked his disciples concerning John, what did you go out to see in the wilderness? He said, what went you out to see in the wilderness? Number one, is it a reed shaken by the wind? A reed shaken by the wind. Now, the Lord began to show me prophetically that there are people in this life because they don't carry that momentum of passion, you know, well aligned with God's uh, predestined purpose for their lives, they are shaken by the reed. Shaking, they are reed shaken by the wind, I'm sorry. That means they come to this life and it is the trends of this life that determines their destiny. Um, there is really no sense of purpose or sense of orientation. It is whatever happens, wherever they are, whoever the companies around them, uh, whatever is the prevailing trends, whatever is popular, whatever is in vogue, whatever looks appealing. It says, who do you go to see in the wilderness? Did you see a guy who is influenced here and there? Is there a lady that today she is in this relationship for this pop? Okay, I don't even know what I want. Then she's in another relationship. Oh, I, I'm not sure. And then this guy too is going around and he said, is it a reed shaken by the wind? Now that's a category of people. That's a prototype of people that comes to this world. They come to this world without no definite passion in their soul for anything. They just, their life is just determined by everything that goes. Then the second class of people, Jesus said, uh, what did you go out to see? Did you also see a man clothed in soft raiment? He said, behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. Now, these are people that their passion is relative or tied to things that gives them comfort. They love comfort. They are comfort driven. The reason why they are actually waking up and pursuing 85 job actually is not because there's a deeper sense of purpose. It's not really because they are trying to gain ground, have a scope to share the love of Jesus Christ, to touch more lives, to bless humanity. Actually, it's for paycheck. They just don't want to suffer hunger. They want to make money, which is good, okay? But life is deeper than that. If you are going to fulfill the purpose of God, if you're going to, if your life will carry this kind of grace we're talking about, because God will not just potentiate grace in your life just for comfort. Think about it. God would only potentiate grace in the life of a man and woman who would optimize it for the purpose of his kingdom. 
So Jesus said, okay, did you also go to see a prophet? Now, that is where there's a little bit of variable there. You know, when you hear a prophet, you will easily want to accept that. And there is a generation that is like this. The a prophet is one who captures the mind of God and speak it. Now, there's a generation, and this generation seems like that. They love to know what's the mind of God. They pursue after revelation, rema, deep things, deep stuff. And they internalize all these things. They speak it. They say it. But they're not exactly executors of it. Now, that is deep. Because you can be a prophet, but God wants you in destiny to be more than a prophet. And that's the dimension we saw in John. John was not just what all the prophets were saying. All the prophets were prophets because they all spoke of the day of the Lord, the day of Jesus, the coming of Jesus. But John did not just speak it. His life actually prepared the way for the coming of the Lord. So Jesus began to say about John, he said, I say unto you more than a prophet, for this is he who it is written, behold, I send my messenger before my face, who shall prepare my face before me. Now I'm going to say something here. The true prototypes of destinies that God is looking for is people that are ignited, that are passionate, that are unyielding, that are unbending about God's will for their lives. I want to repeat that. God is looking for men and women who, are, who, who sustain a level of consistency in being passionate, in being ignited, you know, unyielding, unbending, about God's purpose for their life. Thank you for listening to this message. We love to stay in touch and to see you at one of our events. You can find out more about us on our website at prayer-huddle.com. Email us at feedback at prayer-huddle.com or on our Instagram at prayer underscore huddle.